Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series, we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris and all of the staff at the club bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. So um, I'm excited because we finally found each other in the chaos <laughs> of the French <laughs> and find time to make it happen. Um, so why don't you start by telling the listeners who you are? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we are Jordan Skinner, made up of Melanie Jordan and Caitlin Skinner. Uh, we've got a show on at the Fringe entitled A Brief History of the Fragile Male Ego. Which I saw yesterday and loved. And I saw a few days ago and loved. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know why I didn't automatically assume it would be funny. Or as funny as it was. I don't know if the title just made me think, well, maybe this is going to be quite serious. Mm. Um, but no, it's hilarious. Thanks. I'm glad you found it funny. We're really enjoying the, the title and what it's doing for people. Yeah. It's mm. good. It's a good conversation starter. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to think about better titles for the future. Yes. This one's really working for us. It's definitely a thing. And also really enjoying that when people come in, the first thing is actually setting up for quite a dry, boring lecture. Mm-hmm. So I quite enjoy seeing people's faces when they're like, oh God, what have I signed <laughs> up for? <laughs> and then hopefully, fingers crossed, they laugh a bit yeah. after that. But uh, yeah, that's just a very fun thing to do with an audience. Playing with people's expectations. Yes. Good. That's what good theatre is, isn't it? Um, so, did you start with the title, or did you start somewhere else? How did where did it come from? Uh, no, we started somewhere else. But actually, the title came really soon, didn't it? Yeah. Someone told us, um, gave us some advice about work in progress performances and giving your work in progress a different title from the actual show. All right. Mm. So that you've kind of got that you're kind of keeping it safe in a way you're kind of saying like and you've got a get out clause you've got a get out <laughs> that was a different show folks we're down the that that one will never see the light of day yeah. um, I don't know what show you're talking about it's not it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so it was quite nice kind of having that title kind of in our back pocket so it was called mm. Handle with Care publicly oh right um, but that but what a different show it would be if it's called Handle with Care wouldn't it yeah. it would mm. say a different thing I think to an audience if we'd called it that yeah so yeah that title's been in the back pocket it started with I think there was two things actually for us that it started with one was a kind of bit kind of a business thing we mm. went on like a we had a business mentor through Cape Scotland that's right which was yes. great I mean weird but great like really <laughs> helpful mm. and she was amazing like she really kept back all the business chat <laughs> to not frighten us away um, but what I guess one of the things that she she we were very much undervaluing our work and we were saying like, oh, we've got this idea for a show, but no one will come. Mm. And she's like, okay, well, maybe you could start from the idea of something that people will come to. And like, or maybe something that will work financially. Yeah. So we kind of wanted, and this is not the way we usually work, but we did kind of want a show that could um, just 
come anywhere that could kind of pop up because mm. we usually make visual theatre so our first two shows are very heavy on the set and on the visuals so and actually we found that their afterlife was did actually become impeded by that because we're a small company and we don't have the resources necessarily to tour those big shows so actually we start from the point of like let's do something that's just Mel on her own and a box of props Mm -hmm. and let's do it without a big creative team let's just do it the two of us yeah make it really manageable um, so we could kind of take up those opportunities to go to really exciting places that we never get to go to and engage with audiences in a different way than just going to a theatre because that's one kind of audience and we kind of all about different audiences right yeah it's about responding to opportunities as well like the last couple yeah. of shows after they've been out on tour for a little while a few months later we get an exciting opportunity and it's like oh well we can't afford to get our set out of storage <laughs> to take this opportunity yeah. so sorry but now it's just me in a box with some you know hats so it's really yeah. easy and it feels like it could go in the back of a pub as well as in a oh, bigger space yeah. so that feels really exciting for us as a company to be able to just like take a show out of the cupboard and yeah. run with it yeah um yeah. yeah. So there was kind of that idea, and then and then sort of separately, but very quickly, they became one idea. In that, I was interested in this quote I'd seen in the wake of the Weinstein scandal from Nigella Lawson, oh. who said, uh, "I don't know where she, I think she was just talking at a talk recently afterwards, and there was just a, this headline in the Guardian, of course, that said um, the thing is women were taught never to embarrass a man. Mm. The thing is, we were never taught to embarrass a man." And I was like, that feels really real, actually, and really nuanced in like, the way that we kind of behave and the way that I behave around the men in my life, um, that I, I, really, I really am socially conditioned to not embarrass them. And we shared a lot of experiences around that. Mm-hmm. And then that became the starting point, along with the quote from Margaret Atwood, the thing, it's women so, are, which way yeah. around is it? We, the thing, women, no, men are scared that women will laugh at them and men, no, sorry, women are scared that men will, Kill them. them. I think it's that way around. Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of led us on a journey of thinking about, you know, our our feminism feels intersectional and I hope constantly evolving and really sort of pushing politically and really investigating those things. But that feels on a really big scale. And we were interested in thinking about stuff on a on a personal scale, like Yes, we are super engaged politically and what's going on with feminism, but actually in our personal lives, maybe we're enabling these fragile male egos to continue to be there. And so we're like, why are we doing that? Why are we, why are we letting this happen on a small level in our personal lives with lots of different relationships that we have? Um, and yeah, that kind of led us on a journey of looking into men's rights activists and the kind of arguments they have which in many ways are really similar to feminist arguments, mm. um, but sort of seeing things from a completely different, from the other side. And we're really interested in, in, particularly in female men's rights activists who are really arguing for supporting men as they're going through this really hard time. We were like, oh, we wanted to kind of, we wanted to sort of hate them and be like, no, we completely disagree with you. But actually it's like, oh, you know, there, there are problems here. Mm. There are problems here in in masculinity, in femininity, in how we all enable men to be in charge and for us not to embarrass them and for us not to bring them down, yeah. um, even though we say we do through our feminism. Yeah. Let's be really, really clear. Like, 
we totally disagree with the men's rights. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Of like, course we do. They, like, just to be really, really honest, like, they've got very skewed logic about a lot of things. And, like, yeah. we cannot watch... Like, we did a lot of reading and, like, watching YouTube videos of talks and stuff like that. And we couldn't do it for very long. Yes. <laughs> it just was, like, felt a little bit sick. And also stopped listening after a little while because it felt so skewed. But, there, but, but we did have to kind of make ourselves think, OK, who are these women? Mm. And what is it that they're worried about? Mm-hmm. Um... And they, they, we disagree fundamentally on the causes of of, of those concerns and for they, whom they think the responsibility for that lies on. Mm. Um, but putting those arguments in the play, and certainly the main character in the play, is a men's rights activist. Mm. She's yeah. the nicest men's rights activist you've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. Poor little She's Andrea. She's a bit of an idiot. Yes. Uh, She's from the Society of Men's Universal Truth for the Liberation of Men Worldwide. I think once we find that character, she was someone who could who could um, voice a lot of complex uh, ideas. We mm. felt we could juxtapose a lot of things, mostly because she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's power in that. So our practice is very much rooted in clown, and there was real power in using clown as, like, nothing to lose. This character who is completely innocent and completely, mm. yeah, a bit of an idiot, quite vulnerable, and, in, and using that kind of technique to explore these sort of massive ideas from the ground up, Yeah. rather than from a particular political ideology mm-hmm. down in a way that we hope isn't sort of providing any answers. It's, it's yeah. genuinely, genuinely questioning, I hope. There was something, I, without giving too much away, because obviously we want people to go see it and um, not hear everything that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just given it away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's oh, something well. really... No, no, I don't think you have. I think, <laughs> I think people like will be genuinely surprised uh, by it. And I find it really heartbreaking um, because there's something in it for me, this idea of of, of having to take care of the men in our lives and be careful what we say and and Mm. modify our behaviour so that we don't embarrass them. Because I think once we... We're in a really interesting time at the moment with feminism and how people are are doing their own protests and, 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 and waking up to the idea of feminism in all sorts of different ways. And some of that is like signs and, and shouting and and uh, empowerment, and that's all good, but I think once we come through that, what's going to be left is the, the problem we haven't addressed yet, which is this idea of men never being allowed to speak about their feelings, not, they're not allowed mm-hmm. to be vulnerable, and I think the next stage of feminism has to be possibly chipping away at that a little bit, which might be tied into having to continue to enable it to a certain extent, because <laughs> yeah. I think what I took from the show is that women ha- have the toolkit at the moment to be vulnerable and to be emotionally supportive for one another and for men but men don't have that toolkit and men are actually denied that yeah like they're they're not given that they're not given those skills and that's awful it's really like, awful how can you be totally human how can you be totally yourself if you're not if you're not given that toolkit like yeah. it, that is that's that's wrong I think um, yeah. in uh, Grace and Perry's book The Descent of Man which is like a big inspiration for us on this piece um, he at the end of his book he, he lists a kind of a new men's rights for men men's rights and they include um, uh, the right to be wrong the right to be vulnerable the right to be emotional uh-huh. um, the right to be um, weak you know and all that kind of stuff and I, I think yeah I think I think I think women have a role to play in, in as much as it I think that it's definitely time for men to be doing the heavy lifting on this mm-hmm. stuff mm. I do think women have a role to play in making sure that men do have that right mm-hmm. I do yeah. think that 
I do think we reinf- I do think I even catch myself reinforcing those ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think like we've sort of, you know, women uh, we've sort of got on with the feminist fight and that feels really good and really empowering. And it's like we need it's more than allyship we need from from men, from cis men. It's it's about them saying, "Oh, actually this we are problem. <laughs> There's a problem here. We need yeah. to look at it." And so it's our responsibility as well. It's not about fighting the feminist fight, it's about fighting for, you know... Yeah. For the patriarchy, yeah, which affects exactly. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, back in the second wave feminism, there was a men's pro-feminist men's movement. And it, very, it split into two. And now we just seem to have this right-wing, yeah. right-wing one. Like, in the in 1980s, my dad ran a, man, ran a men's group with, like, family friends, which was really about a chance for, um, for men to kind of discuss what was... What was what the changes that were happening for women would mean to them, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think I mean I was very small at the time, so I don't I don't have my own perspective on this, and I think some men in that group saw it as just a social occasion and didn't really get it, but I I do think there was a definite permission there, and I think. I think we need to create... Per- I do think... Uh, the, the play does not give this answer, by the way, just to say, like, <laughs> the play... But this is my opinion, <laughs> which isn't in the play. It's much naughtier in the play. But I do think it's time for a pro-feminist men's movement. I don't uh-huh. think that's something that the feminist movement can do alone. I think. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, right. like... I think we've, we've said to men, you, you need to be a good ally. You need to be a strong ally. And absolutely, that's, of, of course, true. But, but actually, they need to start being more proactive. And that's not about speaking over women at all. Obviously, we'd not be up for that in any way. But it's about speaking up for men. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Being a pro-feminist, speaking up for men. And, yeah, that's what we would love men to be getting on with. Yeah, because I think there's, like... We talk a lot... In, in, in any way, when you have a when you have something wrong, whether it's mental health or disease or whatever, you're, you go and you take care of yourself, you get the required help. And I think lack of vulnerability can be really toxic for men like their yeah. their inability to be emotional or be open with people or talk about what's affecting them because mm. they've been told by a patriarchal structure that they, they, they're not allowed to show weakness uh, it's it's poisoning everything and yeah. if, if there was in any other context if there was something wrong with you you would just go fix it and I think it's trying to reframe all of that it's like it's okay that you just we need to fix this and yeah. and it will help. It will help us all. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the tricky thing is because you know, obviously, I think we all know, like the the stats on suicide among among men are yeah. just extraordinarily high. Really upsetting, and and yeah, this is a big problem. But how do you do that? Because you know, like shouting at someone to be more vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe not the answer. Mm. So how do yeah how do we do it? And I suppose that's because we that's are angry. Thing. That's we the are, thing. Yeah, is like how do you like, <laughs> yeah. how do you like get someone to open up emotionally when you're like furious oh, with yeah. them? And I think that's what's in the play is yeah. like that mix between like anger and like feeling really like fed up with being lumped with the patriarchy and dealing with it all the time Mm. Um, and then also this real um, sense of yeah having the tools having the option to to help it's a great podcast called The Gender Knot do you ever listen Mm. to that so good they talk about this a lot and it's really interesting there's two quotes there's a a, a male identified quote host and a female identified host and they, they both kind of they struggle with that a lot in the conversations about, particularly around disenfranchised men. It's a whole series on disenfranchised men and like, yeah, like women having a certain role because of the way that we we are privileged. That is our privilege is to be socialized, to be emotionally vulnerable, to have those emotional intelligence, those skills, those ability to be weak, 
to be wrong, to be sorry. Um, and we do have that. Is that we are privileged to have that, and we should share it. But also tired, tired, yeah, so tired. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, tired. Bloody exhausted, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I felt the weight of that exhaustion in one particular moment in the play. Um, because it really resonated with me. Again, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't have any spoilers. <laughs> I suppose it would be um, the bit when Andrea visits her dad. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a, that's not too much of a spoiler, right? It's fine. I won't say, I won't say any about. more about it. No, I don't think so. No. Um, but that like really hit me quite hard because I related to that in a big way. And it, the, the, the feeling, the exhausted feeling of carrying the weight of what that has done to particularly older men in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, the parents, that kind of vibe. Um, and they're, like how it's broken them and the, their inability to ever fix it has made them... Yeah, they don't... In many ways, they don't fit in in the world as it, as it is now and as it so is becoming. Grace and really Perry talks about this, like about traditional masculinity kind of asking men to aspire to be this thing that's no longer wanted or needed and that we're angry at (laughs) we don't want that now yeah we don't we don't want men to be physically strong no we don't want them to be like aggressive no and like emotionally stoic nobody really wants that not 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 to live with (laughs) do you know what i mean and like what what a jip what a jip to be brought up to try and be this thing Mm. that that we're not into that's totally not fair it's like rug pulled out from under them isn't it totally mm-hmm. but I think your what your play does is it really makes it accessible and women absolutely empathise with it and go yes 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 I felt that I'm tired I can see myself in that situation and I feel like for men watching it it will be such a wake up and a kind of not even a wake up of like oh my god I've never seen this before but it just puts it across in such a way that's not we're not angry at you we're not we don't hate you you're not bad wrong you just need to understand that this is the way you've been let down by the patriarchy and this is how you can fix it and it's easy and it's fine and it's all right Mm. and I'm encouraging so many men to see it that maybe wouldn't otherwise get it oh brilliant so because I think it's really important for men to see and enjoy it because it's I mean I literally had to stop smiling about 10 minutes in. Yeah. And <laughs> your jaw hurt. I was sat for a moment. I was like, this is really terrible because I'm literally sat stony faced because my cheeks were so, <laughs> so sore from smiling yeah. and oh, laughing. Yeah, the I humor. had to like, give myself a little like, jaw massage. The humor is oh. fantastic. It's because it just absolutely connects. Oh, great. And it's brilliant. And it oh, is so you. important for everybody to see, I think. I think and so, the, the humour is definitely the way in, yeah. particularly for the men. Because like, yeah. it, it just, it's just so funny because of the ridiculousness. And you just see the archetypes. You can see them and you're like, oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, a lot of really party laughs from men in the audience. Yeah. And I really enjoy that a lot. Like, yeah. they're kind of laughing harder than the women at certain yeah, points. They really which is are. Brilliant. And I think... I think it's really interesting talking to people after the show because I, I think I've met, obviously, I feel like in this conversation anyway, we, we would like to apologise for the binary nature of this conversation and the broad generalisations that we're making about <laughs> gender. Yes. Uh, I will keep, I, that is not a blanket end of conversation apology. I'll keep apologising for it. Um, <laughs> but like, I think a lot of women I've spoken to are similarly in reaction to you, Louise, in that they've really felt, the, they've felt that connection with that 
with Andrea in that moment and her experience is very common yeah um, and so after the show I think they feel the weight of that and then and then a lot of men I think actually are quite brightened by it and actually feel like they've been let in on the conversation. Yeah, mm. that's exactly it. That's exactly what I think it's doing. It's explaining it to men in a way that doesn't feel like it's alienating mm. them anymore. It, they go, oh, they were, they cared about us the whole time. Yeah, I think that's oh. it. Like especially in our culture, you know, in Scottish, in British culture, in Scottish culture particularly, like the way you show affection for someone is take take the piss out of them, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's what the show does. Exactly. It's like. Uh, what were you like? (laughs) (laughs) Blown up your egos. I'm like, I just loved it. (laughs) It really does. It opens it up. And I think that's, and I think it must be a real relief and release and that kind of cathartic. And that's probably why you're getting these big laughs from men because they're going, we get it. Yeah. Mm. And that's it. um, My man partner. Really, man partner. Really love Nanette by Hannah Gatsby on Netflix, and like watched it like three or four times. Which is, I mean, if you've not watched, where have you been if you've not watched that? Right? Mm-hmm. But I, I was really struck by how much it resonated with him because I have taken him to a lot of feminist art, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. loads, and uh, and uh, he's got it, and he's been on a really brilliant journey politically with that. But but he loved Nanette. And I think it's because it talked to him directly. Like it, mm. like that thing she says about pull your socks up. That he needed that. Mm. He really needed someone to speak to him directly and be like, pull your socks up. And so I think that that inspired yeah. this where we went with this show. I think as well a bit. Yeah, because I think we all kind of know like toxic masculinity is bad, and men know that this is bad. But that fit, like, how do you grasp onto that concept? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard and it's really, also I think it's really easy to be like, oh, toxic men, they live over there with the bad men and the rapists and the murderers. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. they're, you know, different from me. But actually, this is about thinking about how, you know, it's sort of ingrained in all of us and it's not one person's individual fault. It's just something we all need to go, oh yeah, it's here. Let's try yeah. and get rid of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, yeah, like Misha's point about them, I think sometimes, even with the woke ones and the allies and our friends and our partners, I think we still think that this feminist conversation is something that happens in a room that they're not allowed into. Yeah, I still and think they're, sometimes yeah. they should not be allowed into that conversation. Yeah. Let's yeah. be clear. Sometimes it's not the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes you're in a feminist conversation and then absolutely what you do not need is someone to come in and mansplain <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> with, with or without knowing that that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. But there also has to be. There ha- we have to find a better way, I think, of of making making oh, gross make space for men. Ugh, what am I saying? I have so much of it. But engaging directly and engaging in a way that is not saying you're one of the good ones. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Is about saying like let's figure this out together because it's it's fucking us all up. Yeah. And then being active in that space that they have everywhere. Yeah. yeah all of that space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be active in it. <laughs> exactly. Don't just sit around and wait for the women to solve equality. Uh-huh. And I think the play probably acknowledges that that's quite hard to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it is hard to do. I don't think it's it's just a case of like. Um, Powering on. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I was talking to someone last night about it. There's a thing for men is that it is quite comfortable. Like, yeah, we're we're we like, you know, a lot of women face the sharp end of the patriarchy, mm-hmm. and men face it the, a lot of the same, a lot of the same stuff is is damaging for men. It is, but it is more comfortable, mm-hmm. and so that fire, that we need to find that fire. Yeah, I think we need mm-hmm. to put that fire under them. 
Because I mean, I mean, it's, it's comfy if your default setting is to be yeah. like never challenged or indeed yeah. like have things not affect you. Yeah, like that is quite comfy. I, I would imagine that's very comfy. Yeah, and, the and, where you're like, oh. and this is what was so what? fascinating about the men's rights activists because they're scared. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because that comfortableness has been. Oh, I say mm. taken away, but I don't mean that. I mean <laughs> challenged, challenged, highlighted. Yeah. People saying, "Oh, that's not really okay anymore." And and that that's that's really fascinating is that that response to be like, hey, we've got nothing now. We're really terrified. Um, and how do we fight back? And uh, yeah, it's about thinking about how like if that's the feeling that men are identifying with, being worried that yeah. they want to step away from an accusation, all these ridiculous things that you hear. How do you channel that into a conversation? Mm. Yeah. I, I think also like so helpful for us to take that lesson as cis white women and for me I think as a straight woman as well to remember that like I don't I'm never going to have that fire for as an ally but how do I find it because it is too comfortable for me otherwise mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like if I think about it I think I should I think yeah if I if I try and think about that from a male if I think about myself in that position as the person with privilege right mm-hmm. and like how do I find that fire uh-huh. Because I'm, I'll, it's not automatically there for me. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting, really interesting question, um, and I don't know the answer. Yeah. Other than just go and see like, some theatre. Go see some theatre. Get, get your fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Read some books. Read books. Yeah. See some theatre. Have conversations with people. I think that's it. Learn about other people's fires. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Because it's so easy to be in a little bubble. Yeah. So so easy and to get fired up about things you get fired up about and then be angry that other people are doing stuff about it. Yeah. I think sometimes for me, and this is going to sound really diluted and um, kind of one-dimensional as a thought, but, like, I'm just like, do you consider yourself a decent human? Yes, okay. So what are you scared of getting taken away from you, men's right activists, if mm-hmm. people who are not like you get a little bit more respect and dignity and treated more equal? I like that quote that's like, it's not pie. Like, if yeah. somebody has more, it doesn't mean that you get less. It's like, I don't, I don't, I need you to articulate to me what it is you're scared is going to get taken away from you. And if it is the fact that you'd rather be able to, like, be sleazy to women in bars unchecked, then, then actually maybe that we have, like, that, that's a whole different conversation. It's going to yeah. be, maybe means that you're a bit of a dick. Um, so, yeah, but that's, I don't know. What are they afraid of? What are they afraid mm. of? What do they, what do they think is going to happen? Yeah, they are afraid to lose their power. Yeah. And also, I think the other thing is, a lot of a lot of men don't feel that powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, genuinely. Uh-huh. So that's why it's even more scary, isn't it? It's like, if, if this is them being powerful and they don't feel powerful... What, what's must, it going to feel yeah, like? Exactly, yeah, exactly, that must... It's only going to get worse yeah. from this, right? Yeah. Like, that's what we have... A, the, there's a kind of a whole character in... Be first to the fragile and illegal, 4pm, does it, Dawn? Where <laughs> I'm... <laughs> the fringe except for last uh, that kind of encapsulates that feeling of like not being a powerful man, mm. and so therefore in this conversation around feminism, what 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 about me? And like we take the absolute p of that, but also there is truth in it. There is there is that 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 is a genuine human feeling. Uh-huh. You have to under- you have to appreciate that I think to a certain extent. Like if you don't feel a lot of power for whatever reason, in a conversation where women are being empowered big scale all around you. Um, about, I kind of get it. Yeah, but it's about looking at intersectionality, isn't it? Even within men, do you know what I mean? There are lots of reasons why a man might not feel powerful. And I think a lot of the time it's because privilege is invisible mm-hmm. unto itself, obviously. And 
not realising you have privilege might make you not feel very powerful. But, you know, there's certain things in the play that sort of look at class and uh, look at reasons why that person might not feel as powerful. But we don't encourage men to look at their intersectionality. Yeah. We don't encourage men to look at where they might have power in certain structures and where they might not in other structures. We just encourage women to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. advocate for other women yeah. to be intersectional. But, you know, we all need to do it, you know, mm. and look at where we're powerful and where we're not. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Hey. That's it. Problem solved. <laughs> Smashed it. Wouldn't That's that be it. good? Great. Yeah, Done. Cool. Boom. We take a break after this. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, we've got about 10 minutes left. So, um... And this actually, this question might actually have been answered in some of the stuff we've already discussed, but it would be good to get your perspective. We've been um, asking people when we chat to them on the podcast uh, about what they feel or how they interpret the title of the project, Persistent and Nasty. Because we, we know, we, we called it that and it's very tongue-in-cheek and it's a deliberate, slightly playful provocation. Um, we know it is a nod to the nasty women and nevertheless she persisted. But the two words together, we've just been asking um, our guests to just give us what they think and what they hear in their minds, how they interpret that. What mm. it means to be persistent and nasty. There's always <laughs> that kind of like, there's no rush to answer that. We can, we can wait. Yeah. You, if you want to take we a break. Can go get, <laughs> we can go get some chips or something like yeah, that. Yeah, come back. Chips. Um. yeah. <laughs> uh, persistent to me resonates I think a lot with us and that constant que- we constantly question we're constantly trying to come back around and we're always like no but what is it really about like what is it where no but come on what is it really um which is not about for us I think not about banging on about the same stuff it's much more um thorough right it's like a call to be thorough yeah and sort of evolving the conversation about feminism and yeah. equality and persistent for me it just makes me think about you Caitlin because I feel like we talk about feminism all the time Sorry, and, like, and I love it and I've got other interests and I always mm, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then yeah with conversations with other pals I'm like oh we, yeah okay I just talk about feminism <laughs> uh, and so that and that feels very true of like our personal relationship and also our work relationship so that's a, yeah, <laughs> it definitely persistent her. I relate hard to that though I feel like I'm just caught, yeah I feel the same way I feel like I'm always talking about it yeah to the point where I'm like is this annoying people should I sh-? like is- no no I'm no. gonna keep going I'm yeah. gonna keep yeah, banging yeah, on yeah. about it like yeah, yeah. And then I think for us it's definitely that need to go deeper yeah. like we're thinking about this like what a different what a different world we're in so we brought our first show to Edinburgh Fringe in 2014 and uh, we were handing out flyers in the same bit that we're handing out flyers this year, mm-hmm. like in Bristol Square. And we're like, ooh, come and see our re show. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's very, it was like about a woman in our bathroom. It's weird. Uh, and now our, our flyer pitch is like award winning feminist theatre. And people go, oh, feminist theatre is a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. That is a thing now that people go, oh. <laughs> we would yeah. never in a million years have said that in 2014. Yeah. And I wonder what would happen. Do you think people would have, maybe? I don't know if there was an audience back then. Back then. Back then. Oh, oh, back in, back in the day. years ago. Well, a lot has day. happened in five years, guys. But maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Certainly for us, it definitely feels like that. People come to the French looking for that. Mm. And then, so for us, persistent means like, okay, making sure we refresh the conversation, right? Yeah. If there's an audience every year now. Yeah. How do we make sure it's always new? Nasty. 
Nasty. I feel like I get nastier as I get older. <laughs> Mel, Mel likes Mel likes to pretend she's got this inner mean person, but no one's ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen the mean part of it. I am cold as ice. She's really, yeah, she really, really thinks she's like so cold and mean. She's not ever. No one's ever seen it. Well, wait. Everyone's a little shake. Yeah. If you've experienced Mel's coldness, please tweet me. I would like to hear. Thanks, Skinner. You have been warned. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably find her week three while she's flying. If yeah. you go take the flyer, uh-huh. then that's... Seal the raft. Yeah. The frost yes. is coming. That's yeah. it. Definitely. It's going to happen. Watch out. Mel's ice age. Uh-huh. I think, I guess what Nasty says to me is like not being afraid to take the hate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and also, like, I feel like you're talking about sanitising 2014. I was really apologetic for doing a feminist show. <laughs> I was like, it's feminist, but not, it's not a lot feminist. It's just like a little bit. It's about a woman on her own, thinking about identity. It's kind of feminist, but, you know. And now I'm just like, it's feminist, you don't like it? You can leave. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's about being unapologetic yeah. as well. And I feel like we've, with age, we've leaned into that more a little bit as well. Yeah. Like, got a little bit to her hate for this title of this show. Only a bit, I, mean, I want a little more. bit. And I was like, come on. <laughs> anyway, and like we just were like, oh, would you like a free ticket? <laughs> but like, I think we feel more confident leaning into it. Whereas before, I think we'd be like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck off. I'm doing my own little feminist thing. You leave me alone. And now I think we've got the confidence now to lean into that. Mm-hmm. So that for me, that's what nasty. How nasty relates to us is to lean into that hate. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, come on then. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's no see. One. Yeah. Obviously, don't always want to do that. Sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, generally, you've got you to look after like yourself. Yeah. yeah. Protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, of course. Uh, but I think there's something in doing it through the work that we make, which uh-huh. feels like a, a barrier. Totally right. Which is quite good. So We're I feel really like we can really express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't like the work, and you don't like the work. It's not about saying you know what I mean, Caitlin, personally, although maybe you do, and that's also fun. <laughs> it's you probably know. not Mel, she's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not! She's so nice. She's a monster. But yeah, have, having that outlet to be, to be nasty and to con- continue to get nastier. Yeah. Feels really juicy for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, and I totally love what you're saying about leaning into the hate a little bit, because I feel like we hear... Uh, language around oh you're just an angry feminist you're like yeah I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking angry yeah I'm really yeah. angry and I've got a lot of reasons if you've got time I will list them yeah. and I'm leaning into that anger a little bit because it is useful for me right now because I'm entitled to it because I'm pissed off about certain things and I'm maybe and, and sometimes I'm not angry sometimes I'm more like okay I'm going to be I'm going to be empathetic and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to you Mr mansplaining men's right activists because hearing things from other people's perspectives is really useful but sometimes it's good to lean into that anger too yeah because so. yeah. it's fine yeah I am an angry feminist you're right mm. militant as well I like the word militant <laughs> you're relative being Into called it. militant yeah people are like oh you know I don't like that militant extreme feminism oh well, we're militant hardcore feminists but we so. are we're into that Yep. <laughs> I'm starting a punk band later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. So do you have any um wee shout outs you want to do before we finish? Anything you've seen that you loved? Or are you still in like we've just got the show up? We saw Crocodile Fever. Yeah, Crocodile oh, so Fever. Good. Oh, did good you see the music? Oh yeah. Yes. Loved it. Excellent. Yes, yes. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Great writing, great writing. Smash it. Yep. Yeah. Bonkers in the best possible way. Aha, uh-huh. full loved of it. anger. Yeah. And humour. Yeah. Loved it. I'm totally bananas. Just lets it all out, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, you feel like you can as well. You're like, 
feel better for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't really say anything more about it because it's like a, such a spoiler-heavy show. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's um, it. Quite nice. Uh, <laughs> um, that was great. We seen other feminist. Well, I'm on the hashtag feminist fringe. I want. There's still loads of stuff I want to see. Yeah. Blood and Gold. Mm-hmm. My Menzi show mm-hmm. looks really good. Uh, we want to go see. I. Uh, I'm a Phoenix bitch. Oh, I'm a yes. Phoenix bitch. Yes. yes that sure. looks amazing. Uh, Yuck Circus. Oh. Looks so great. They did a little bit at the uh, list party. Feminist, gross, circus. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Loved it. Loved it. Don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but they did a bit where they were like doing loads of like acrobat and stuff to each other, and then she like walked across her boobs. It's great. That's wow. the thing I've ever heard. It's <laughs> awesome. Look how strong my tits are. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mate. Amazing. I could pull yeah. it as well. <laughs> uh, I, I could do that. I just don't want to. Yeah. Next show. <laughs> Next show. It's just me balancing stuff. Just, yeah, just, just stuff on your tits. Oh, I'll come to see that nope. for sure. That's a different show. Find me up. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Uh, what else? Anything else that we want to go see? Loads of things. Oh, yeah, loads. Great. Uh, a womb of one's own. Yeah. That's oh, really, really good. That. And that's because we're part of Pleasant Futures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're part of like a whole bunch of uh, young emerging now. Mm-hmm. Are we young or emerging or now? Mm-hmm. Just. Take it. Right on the end. Right on the end. Yeah. Ger- <laughs> Geriatric. Oh old emerging people. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're part of that as well. They're really cool. They're on at Pleasant's as well. Uh, that looks good. Loads of stuff. Mm, Lucy McCormack's new show. Yeah, that looks yeah, great. Yeah, we're hearing, hearing really good things about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. You'd like to see that, get a ticket for that? Yeah. And it'll be sold out, won't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, drone. Drone, we want to see. Yeah. Harry Josephine Jones. Summer Hall. Drone. Definitely. Ink mm-hmm. uh, Asher Hemp. Yes. Uh, has oh, yeah. a new show called Sad Eyes to Smile With. And they are very cool. Yeah, awesome. definitely worth seeing that show. Fabby, and one more time for all of the millions of listeners, uh, <laughs> where is your show on? How can people get tickets? What time is it on? Where is it? Give us the spiel. One more time. So on at the Pleasance Dome at four o'clock, which is in Bristol Square, and it's called A Brief History of the Fragile Male Ego. You can get tickets through the Ed Fringe website or... At the venue in Potter Road, in the Pleasance, in the Pleasance, or at like those. I think like because like the four ven, like the the four big four, they have like yep. box office. You can get them there. They're as all well. linked up. Yep. Yes, come see Excellent. it. Yes, come see it. We're not on on the fourteenth and the twenty first. So don't turn don't up come then. then. No, don't turn. Don't come then. Because you all need to sleep. Yeah, go see Yuck Circus then. It's on the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's on the same time. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and social medias. Where can we follow you? Oh, we are um, on Twitter at Joe and Skin. We're on Instagram. Jordan and, and Skinner Facebook slash Jordan and Skinner and we've got a website jordananskinner.com Boom Amazing How Thank many you. booms can I do in one podcast Thank you so much for joining us guys it was an absolute oh, Thanks for having pleasure. us Thank Thank you. Really you. rock on persistent uh, nasty you're Thank great you guys great you, Right back at you we love you even though you're really really nasty and mean Mel you're like a horrible person so still have I'm going to slip this table She won't She can't she put it back. She put it there. Just really sorry. So full of anger. Love it. Okay, great. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Assembly Festival, as always, for hosting us here at the Assembly Club Bar. And until next time, stay, stay nasty. nasty.